Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Anybody hear me? Hello. Oh, I Oh my goodness Hi. gracious. Yeah, there we go. I am having the worst audio problems ever. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I cannot get my headset and microphone to work, so I'm doing this by the phone. Hello, Lauren. It's okay. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Um, which don't tell me your whole phone number, but which area code are you calling in from? Uh eight three two. Eight three two. Okay, hang on. Here we go. Now I gotcha. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, everybody, I'm going to do this again from the top. <laughs> Hold on, Lauren. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay, stand by. Hold on just a second. I don't know which intro I'm going to play. I'm just going to play one, so I don't know what this is going to say, but we'll figure it out. Hold on. Ready? <gasps> yes. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Elizabeth is the CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, a leading multimedia provider of lifestyle content. The Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. It's where you'll find inspirational and encouraging stories, advice, and information with our radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Real people, real advice, real places, real products and businesses, real life stories, and more, including real celebrity life. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. There we go. I hope everybody can hear us. We're having terrible audio problems for about a half an hour now, and I'm just in a panic. <laughs> so anyway, we have a beautiful guest with us tonight, and I'm so sorry. Of all the people that have uh, you know audio problems with, this is not the one. Um, Lauren Galley is with us. Um, hello, Lauren. Thank you for calling back in. Hi. No problem at all. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So I was reading your bio, and I, I realized no one could probably even hear me because I was still having audio problems. So I want everybody to know that, um, Lauren, it, as we're on the air here, if you want to go to Lauren's website, it's girlsabovesociety.org. And, um, Lauren, gosh, you're 23 now. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. I was telling everybody I've known you for years with Best Ever You and everything, and you're on the board, and you helped, you know, you helped do, you know, you helped really kind of figure out some direction for Best Ever You, um, and you did all sorts of articles, and you were on the radio show and everything, and I've always appreciated having you there. Um, uh, but you yourself, you're an award-winning teen mentor, a TEDx speaker, an Amazon best-selling author, I mean, goodness gracious, a recognized change maker by the White House um, for the State of Women's Summit, um, a UN Youth Delegate. Oh, wow, you've done so so much, um, and then you're a college grad student now, 
and then president, of course, and founder of Girls Above Society. Um, how are you? How's, thank you for making time to be here. I am fantastic. I'm just happy to be talking with you right now. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm so glad you're here, and um, I think I really well, I was really excited to spend some time with you talking about your Girl Talk curriculum. I really wanted to talk about that with you tonight, um, but first I wanted to go back and do you want to tell everybody who you know may or may not be familiar with you what Girls Above Society is all about? Of course. So Girls Above Society is an organization that promotes self-confidence and leadership skills in young girls. And it was, I was inspired to create it because I was bullied pretty badly in middle school, cyberbullied by a girl that I thought was my friend, pretty typical, unfortunately, typical story that a lot of girls have. And I lived in a small town at the time, and I honestly thought that I was the only one experiencing this because in my tiny town I was. And then I moved to back to Texas, went to a huge high school and realized that pretty much everyone, boys included, but with girls it's different. And pretty much every girl I talked to either had a similar situation happen to them, knew someone it had happened to, and they were like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. And I just didn't want to accept that, and it always bothered me, and I never wanted to be that person that just sat around and, you know, complained about society. And I thought, okay, well, we should do something about this. And they're really – wasn't any programs in place that specifically focused on self-esteem in young girls that were relatable. So I thought, well, if it doesn't exist, maybe I can create something. Um, And so that was when I was 15, which is crazy to think how long ago that was because it really doesn't feel that long ago. But now today um, I've created the curriculum, as you said. I've written three books, um, done a lot of speaking, and done a lot of girl talks, which is what kind of built the curriculum almost on accident, just figuring out what works, what doesn't, and really it's all about sitting down with these girls and having them look each other in the eyes, not texting each other, and just talking about these issues that we're all going through and realizing that no matter how different we may look or we may seem, really as girls and as women too, we're all dealing with the same pressure, so better to deal with it together than alone. Do for somebody listening um, to this show right now, and um, let's let's go with somebody who's experiencing bullying right now. Um, and you're right; it continues on. It it doesn't seem to stop, no matter how old, no matter how old you get. But for somebody right. listening, yeah, it just takes a different form. Um, for somebody listening to the show who might be experiencing bullying right now, what do you want to say to them? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that I wish I would have really understood when I was going through that is that it's not about you. It's about the other person. And to go out of your way to deliberately hurt someone else, be mean to someone else, um, that person has a lot of insecurities themselves. And although it can feel like, well, then why am I the one they're picking on? It's almost always out of jealousy. And I wish I would have spent less time looking in the mirror and thinking, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't she like me? Where did I go wrong? And just recognizing that this girl has some insecurities that she needs to deal with. And if anything, maybe she needs a friend and doesn't know how to go about doing that, which is a hard thing to accept when you're like, no, I just really don't like her and she's mean and you don't have to like her. But I think recognizing that um, it's still a person deep down that um, 
probably isn't very happy if they're being mean to someone else. And once you accept that, it's easy to kind of put the pressure off of you. And what about to somebody listening who is the bully? Any advice for them? It's funny you ask that because when I first started speaking with Girls Above Society, I was really only focusing on the girls who were being bullied or had girls being mean to them or were being excluded. And I never really thought about talking to the bullies themselves. It just didn't cross my mind until one, I gave my mean, mean stinks girl talk. And one girl came up to me in particular and said, um, she asked if she could talk to me kind of separately from the group, a little more private. So I walked to the side with her and she said, what you just said made me realize that I'm a bully and I don't want to be one. And I remember that really sticking with me because I was like, wow, like what a realization to recognize that the person we're talking about is you. But what's interesting is she never realized she was being a bully before because with her group of friends, it's just what they did. They gossiped about other people and she thought it was funny. And I don't think she honestly ever stood back to recognize what, how much her words could really hurt. So I would say that if you even kind of think that maybe that's you, then it's time to take a good look at yourself and um, and your actions because you are in control of all of those things. And whenever we stop gossiping and stop, you know, the clicks and the drama and just be more accepting, life is so much easier and less stressful to do, like, for yourself and others. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm with you. you. Your words just so resonated with me where you're looking in the mirror going, God, what is it about, gosh, what is it about me that they don't like? And mm-hmm. um, I know you and I have talked about that uh, before. You know, it's like, and you know, it isn't you. But how do you how do you do that? Um, how do you convince yourself that it's not you? <laughs> you know what I mean? What's that self talk yeah. like? Um, and it's how not, do you? It's not easy. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's it's recognizing that it is a journey, and it's not like a switch you can flip. As much as we may wish that it was that you can just suddenly realize that it is a big process to go through. But I know for me, um, I was a little late on the train, I would say, like recognizing, like even just accepting, like, okay, it's not me. Um, Once you accept that, it still hurts. You know, it's still going to hurt your feelings. But I think it's shifting the focus from what other people are saying about you to what you have going on in your own life. So I always tell girls, how much of your time are you spending scrolling through Instagram, feeling left out, looking on Snapchat and seeing that, you know, girls from your school all hung out and didn't invite you, when instead you could be building a business or you could be doing something you love, whether that's writing or playing with your dog or whatever it might be. And and I know it sounds so cliche, and I hate to say, like, life is short because it's the longest thing anyone ever does, but um, it is our time is valuable, and if you can – just try to focus your attention on things that make you happy, then it's amazing how, like, I remember when I was going through all of that, there was a moment where I looked back and I was like, I haven't even thought about her in, like, three days. And it was so weird to me that I hadn't because months before it was all I thought about and I was obsessing over the fact that, like, this girl was being mean to me and didn't like me and I was so worried what everyone else at my school thought. But once I shifted my focus, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. So I would say that's the best strategy, but it's not, like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. 
but it is kind of like training yourself into this mindset to where now when people say things about me, I'm just like, well, she doesn't even know me that well. So how could she even know if that was true or not true? And I know myself and it's not true, but it took a long time for me to get there. <laughs> to get the self-confidence. So what you're talking yeah. about when you say that? Yes, yeah, the self-confidence to know that, you know, like I said before, anyone that has anything negative to say is probably a pretty negative person, and I don't want those people in my circle anyway. Um, But that's not an easy mindset to have, and I still definitely have huge moments of insecurity, but it's just telling myself, like, reshift your focus. That's not the issue right now. So that overall I'm living for me, not for what other people think about me. Yeah. Um, after boy, three years of traveling and giving the the girl talks that you give, those girl talk mm-hmm. one and I think girl talk two, to tweens and teens, um, what have you learned? And can you tell me, like, how again, um, how you thought of all of it and, you know, how it's going? You know, just give us a little update on what it is and how you thought of it and how it's going. Definitely. So, when I first started Girls Above Society, I was just going to small groups of girls and giving what I called girl talks. And um, a girl talk is interactive. It has a message behind it, but there's always a hands-on activity and there's always a discussion. And they usually take about an hour. And I was seeing really big success with that format, that girls really liked it. It didn't remind them of school. You know, there was no, like, homework. There was no test. But it was something they got to do with their hands. They got to do together. And then it gave them a different perspective on whatever issue we might be talking about. So whether it's body image, whether it's creating great friendships or um, becoming an entrepreneur, deciding what you want to do with your life, following your goals, whatever the topic is for that girl talk, um, there's a discussion that goes along with it. And that's really, I think, the key component of the girl talk, where I've seen girls really open up and recognize that they're not alone. And they can be really surprised that some of the other girls in the room will say. And so I was giving these girl talks. And, you know, if I went back to the same group of girls, I would think, well, I can't give the same one. They've already done that. So over time, I kind of had this little collection of girl talks that I was using. And um, Rebecca Moore, who is the director of education um, on for the board of Girls Above Society, was saying, man, like, I want to put this in my school. Um, the girls would absolutely love it. And, like, girls need something like this at school because – as much as we wish that they did, a lot of girls are not getting these messages at home, whether it's because their parents are more worried about what they're having for dinner or whatever the situation is, Um, but they are all going to school. And so that is like the perfect place for them to learn this. And, um, you know, I think if they have to learn geometry, they should have to learn how to love themselves too. So I, at first I was like, oh, a curriculum is impossible. Like I could not put that together. I don't know how to write a curriculum. And Becca just said, well, I know how to write one. So I looked at the girl talks I had done and I realized, well, I actually kind of already have a curriculum. You know, if I just put these together in the correct format and in the order I want them in, it becomes like a girl talk curriculum. So today I have girl talk one and two curriculum. Um, Girl talk one is for younger girls. And it is uh, a 10-week curriculum. So every week has the same format, but different topic. And Girl Talk 2 is formatted the same. It's designed for a little bit older girls. And it has a bit of a twist because half the Girl Talks cover um, cyber citizenship. So being kind online, being safe online, and really learning 
just how powerful that tool is. They have in their hand 24-7 and learning how to use that without making any mistakes that might affect their future, which unfortunately happens a lot with young girls. So it's been a crazy journey, and it's kind of hard for me to even believe that I have two curriculums now. But um, it kind of just built upon itself to where I realized that I had already kind of created that, and now I'm already thinking about Girl Talk 3 now that I am seeing the momentum that has. So it's really, it's really exciting to see something that started out small become something pretty big. In everything that you've done, have you discovered the magic formula or whatever you want to call it for why girls can be so darn nasty to each other? Have you figured it out? Is there a common theme? I think a lot of it has to do with um, the media today. Um, Ever since I was little, I've always heard people say things like, oh, well, girls are just really mean. And I never understood why we were just accepting phrases like that as true. And I would think, well, we are girls, and I'm not mean. I don't want to, you know, I don't agree with that. I don't want that stigma on me. But I think for a long time that has, you know, like the catty woman or the catty girl has been a stigma in society. And with girls getting online so young, it's so easy to be mean online, especially when it's anonymous. And there are a lot of these apps they're using that are very popular that make it incredibly easy to say things to people anonymously and I just don't think that's ever a good idea for anyone to do because if you can't say it with your name attached to it it's probably not something that should be said at all and so I think a lot of times it might start online and then it continues at school because people talk about what was posted or what somebody texted someone and screenshots get shared and you know before technology was so prevalent with young people um I feel like there was a little bit more forgiveness. Now it's like every little mistake that you make or everything you say, and we all say things that we regret later. Now it's all screenshotted and attached to you for what feels like forever and sometimes is. So I think that's a huge responsibility that young girls and boys are being given at um, probably way too young of an age. Do you think? Oh, you know, I'm just going to share a little bit. Okay, so I'm I'm a hundred thousand years old. I'm you know 48. <laughs> but you know, I'm thinking back to high school as you're talking, and I'm like, you know, I was the type of person who was, um, like I would get even like a zit on my face or something, and not enough makeup in the world would cover it, and I'd be like, I'm not going to school that day. <laughs> you know right. that kind of thing. You know, yeah. and I'm thinking about when I when I think about myself, I'm thinking about like anxiety surrounding that or like lack of self-confidence you know um you know all those things that um are, are you know are there whereas if i if i would have probably stopped and went you know nobody probably is going to care do you think right which line of thinking which train of thinking is right or wrong or maybe it doesn't have to be right or wrong but you know, ex- i know you can take that and run with it you know ex- explain that well, um, you actually just made me think of something that I um, I sometimes tell the girls, and they always look at me like I'm like they can't believe what's coming out of my mouth when I first say it. And whenever the subject of that comes up, like whether it's I have a zit on my face or I just know that when I walk in a room, everyone is talking about me. I always say, honestly, nobody cares what you're doing or what you look like. And they always look at me like everyone cares about me. I'm awesome, you know. But I say <laughs> the the insecurities that you're feeling everyone else in the room is feeling too. And if all you're doing is sitting there thinking about, oh, my gosh, can people notice the zit on my 
cheek or whatever, you know, or people noticing that my hair got frizzy this morning. Everyone else is thinking the same thing about themselves. Like, they're too busy worrying about themselves to even notice the little things about ourselves that we notice, and we always see ourselves differently. Like, there's been so many times where I've thought that I had this huge day or that something was really noticeable about myself and been insecure, and I'll ask one of my good friends, like, oh my, or I'll mention it, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I know it looks so bad. And they're like, oh, I didn't even notice that. Because we really just don't micro-analyze little things about other people like we think other people are doing about us. So I think when you put it in that perspective, you realize just how true that is. Like every girl in your class, you're not looking at her, like picking apart every little detail about her and looking for flaws. So if you're not doing that, chances are no one's doing that to you. Yeah, I mean, because if you're going to school – I'm just thinking about, I, I really, I'm going back to me for a minute and thinking about, yeah, sort of, you know, overly curly hair that frizzes by the time you get there, you know, <laughs> heavier thighs than people. Is that, you know, by the time I get to school, you know, I'm a brewing mess of, like, lack of confidence. And then, you know, right. somebody looks at you wrong on top of it and it's just over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so, but, I, you know, I can remember being that and I, and, and, and very self-confident, very um, self whatever you want to call it, just, you know, just completely um, not self-confident, you know, just always afraid, right. of, you know, how do I look, you know, that kind of thing. And and you're right, you know, one round of a bad grade in geometry can <laughs> add to it too, you know. And so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's complicated being a teenager and, um, or even in college and so forth. And are you giving a message, you know, to like, you know, that self-love message? Talk about that for a little bit because I think it's – I wish I could have gone back and been like, you know, you need to chill out a little bit. <laughs> Love that, Yes. Know. I think we all, <laughs> like, chill of, out a little bit, like you said. Yeah, a lot um, of it. I'm I'm proud of you because – you're right. That chatter about self-love and self-worth and self-confidence and so forth wasn't really openly talked about like the way you do, and it makes me so happy that you're there as a resource for people. Oh, definitely. And honestly, it's still really not talked about. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a ten-week program, so the first week in discussion, they're kind of like they're afraid to admit that they're not perfect, even though you know the whole girl talk is about nobody's perfect, we all have insecurities, and we should be supporting each other. They're still like, but I don't want these girls to know my specific, you know, insecurities. They still kind of have that mindset where they're, like, pretending, like, oh, I'm never insecure, everything's fine. But then as the weeks go on, very quickly you see how they're breaking down barriers and talking about it. And I'll always ask them, I'll say, do you girls ever talk about stuff like this? And they always say, no, never. And I'm like, well, what do you talk about? Like, why not? You know, if we're all going through the same thing, why not go through it together? And they really don't have an answer for that. And I think a lot of it is that we're all, you know, scared to admit to other people that we have insecurities because they're not talking about it. So we don't want to talk about it. So I think as soon as you start to break that cycle and have, like, the first group of girls openly, like, not being afraid to say, like, yeah, I get insecure sometimes and, supporting their friends through that um I think that's the way to break the cycle but it's not easy because we are I mean even girls my age um in college and beyond are you know trying to seem like we have our lives together whether we feel like we do at every moment or not so yeah yeah no I I completely agree with you and I'm a mom of four boys 
And get this, Lauren, here's how old they are now. This is how long we've known each other. They're now 16, 18, 20, and 22, all about oh to my get goodness. older. I know. Isn't that wild? I used to send you pictures wow. of them little. <laughs> so, I know. you know, it's weird. It's wild, but, you know. faster than me? Yeah, isn't that wild? It's just wild. But my point in telling you that and, and everybody listening that is, you know, I've got a, one of the kids plays baseball. They all played baseball at one point or another, but one of them really plays baseball. And um, I was thinking about bullying and girl, the different, like some differences between girls and boys. And this was years ago that I thought of this. And my son was on first base, and I was sitting there, and I don't know why, but we were, we, you and I were doing something. And I think I said this on a radio show before with you, but I'm gonna say it again. But the la- if a if a girl is on first base, or you know, if a boy is on first base, let's go with a boy on first base for a minute. The guys in the dugout aren't going, oh, my God, look at his butt and those pants. He looks so fat. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, look at it. Look yeah. at you in your uniform. You look so fat or whatever the, you know, proper term. You know, uh, guys don't aren't making fun of each other in their, you know, whatever. <laughs> but a girl might do that. Be like, oh, man, look at that. That doesn't look good or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and the bullying is, diff- is totally different. It is. It's, um, and I often have people say, like, well, are you saying boys don't experience bullying, too? I'm like, oh, they definitely do. But, I mean, it's no joke that, especially the young age, girls and boys are, like, different species. Um, so, I'm like, I yeah. can't say that I know what boys go through because I haven't been one, and it's so different. Um, but I do know what girls go through. And um, what you said just, you know, made me think of the fact that I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I saw something on Twitter that made me think of it, is that so whenever a guy is, like, over-sexualized in the media, whether it's, like, a photo shoot for a magazine or whatever, no one ever, like, picks him apart. And if it's, like, a bigger guy or not the stereotypically, like, hot guy, people are like, oh, he's so funny. That's so brave that he did that. Or, you know, like, there's never negative things said about it. But when a woman does, a lot of times you hear it, and it's like a beautiful picture, and they're like, oh, she has cellulite on her thighs, and it's like on the cover of a magazine. And so there is that huge double standard there that I think whether we think the media has an effect on us or not, it's like subconsciously we're aware of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, it's interesting, too. I was thinking about this. I'm going to go back to boys for a second, and then we'll keep we'll move on past this topic. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, there were, you know, there were all these professional – athletes let's just go with baseball players because i know baseball probably the best there were all these baseball yeah. players on on tv and the pro right so to do anything at a pro level you have to be amazing and right. even at the pro level there's different levels of amazing i'm like you're all pro athletes don't call him a stiff or whatever you know <laughs> he's not yeah. bad you know they'll be like oh he sucks and i'm like He's a pro athlete. <laughs> you yeah, know? he's better than almost everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, define your level of terrible. So, but that, you know, that's a form of got you know bullying or what you know bad mouthing yeah. people and stuff like that that I'm sure makes people feel terrible. Um, at that level, it, there's no way it can't. Oh, definitely, and I think guys um, experience just as much of the whether it's bullying, insecurities, I mean, there's still pressures put on boys to look and act certain ways as well. Um, But it's just so different that I'm like, we got to separate them, especially at young ages about this topic, because they're interacting in such different ways. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's really important too, because our audience is sometimes fifty-fifty, and so I'm glad we touched on it. And then we're going to keep going. We're going to go back to the to the girl talk for a little bit here now too, because what I wanted to what I want to move on to, and and if if you feel like the conversation could go in different directions, you just feel free to bring it up or whatever. But I want to go back to this whole digital world that you were talking about, because. When I was a kid, we didn't have all this stuff. We had a phone, it had a cord, and you could, you, you really could, um, you know, prank people. <laughs> You're right. Wanted, you know, kind of thing. That was our fun, you know, ha, ha, ha. But not in a mean right. way, just ha, ha, funny, you know. And it's different. This is like kids. I don't know that kids born today are without phones, like right off the bat. They've got, I mean, there's babies with Instagram pages. Oh, for sure, with more followers than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but one of my friends, actually, her niece, uh, I was around her, and she she was like almost two or had just turned two, something like that, and she literally picked up my phone, tried to unlock it, and held it up like she was taking a selfie. I'm like, this is a baby. She can't even talk, <laughs> and she's trying to take pictures of herself. It's just, it's totally crazy to me how integrated it's become into our society to where it's just like a part of everything now. Oh, yeah. And so let's take a girl. Let's go. You want to go. At what point do people like have their own phone now? Because when, when my kids were growing up, we said, you know, age 12 um, was the right. phone. And I think it's younger than that now. Is it? It is. Um, I'm, and you would think I wouldn't be surprised anymore. I'm just talking to so many girls and doing this for so long. But I still, I'll be in a, a room with girls third grade and under, and I'll say, raise your hand if you have a phone, and maybe a little less than half will raise their hand. But when I say, raise your hand if you have an iPad or a way to get on the Internet and text your friends, they all raise their hand. Always. So yeah. even if it's not technically an iPhone or a phone, they have apps they use. You know, they have ways of communicating from home or from wherever they are and getting on the Internet and basically having access to anything and everything, it's really tricky because, I mean, I would say, you know, like you, well, at the age of 12 or 13, you have no reason to have one before then. Um, but when all of their friends have one and they're like, well, all my friends have one, I want one, it's like, do you punish your child um, even though they haven't done anything wrong but you want to keep them safe? So it, for parents, it becomes really, really difficult um, and I think that it just depends on conversations that parents are having with their kids about the technology yeah. and not just handing it to them and saying, oh, yeah, figure it out. Because, honestly, a lot of the parents have no idea what any of this stuff is. And so they're well, like, know, I don't know how to work it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that that's a huge thing right there. So, you know, I feel really fortunate in, um, you know, I once had a child text me from the basement to ask me if dinner was ready, and that was my really big clue that mm-hmm. this is, this technology is taking over. Because when we were kids, we used the payphone at the high school to call for a ride home. You know, you threw a quarter right. in there, or whatever it was, and you you know made a phone call to come get me. This is different, and so I really made a point for myself to understand Facebook, to understand Twitter, and to understand you know LinkedIn, whatever was coming at me. Even Snapchat, the boys are like, you got to learn this so you know what this is. And it's not only right. helped me as a human being yeah, in in business, but more so it's really connected me with the kids because, you know, we talk all the time in electronic format. I mean, it was a, another big clue to me when P- 
people would come out of the bathroom with a phone instead of a magazine, <laughs> you know, or something like that. You know, I know it's right. terrible to say, but, you know, it's a, it's a huge difference um, these days, and it's important because um, they're on it. And so we had rules in our house, and this might be way old-fashioned and everything, but it was 12, <laughs> and it was I have the password. Guess what, guys? And we actually had behavior training. Like, and the school does too, but I was really serious about it. I'm like, this is lifelong. One of them wanted to play, you know, college baseball. I'm like, you you know, you can't behave any, you know, people are all going to look at this forever and ever and ever. Everything you do is an imprint of you. Um, and it's really not anonymous. Your IP address is there, blah, 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 blah. And we went on and on and on. And um, I can't stress it enough. How about you? I mean, I just... I love it when parents it, are connected and clued in. I do too, definitely. And I think that would be like my number one tip for parents is just to understand the apps that their kids are using and to listen to them. Because like I know firsthand when kids are talking about some like YouTuber that's designed for, you know, tween girls or boys or they're talking about Minecraft or some app they're using that you literally have no interest in. You're like, I'm trying to make dinner. I have like three catastrophes happening. Like I can't listen to you right now. Um, I think it's important to listen to what they're saying and then figure out, well, how does this app work or what is this YouTuber saying and really take the time to educate yourself. One, because you want to know their privacy settings and what they're saying. And I totally agree with you about passwords. And that was always my rule growing up. And, like, I mean, I'm 23, so I'm far from old, but I feel so old with these girls because they don't know what MySpace is. And that was, like, social media (laughs) for me when I was way older than them. So it's kind of funny how fast it's changed. But I remember I wanted a MySpace really bad, and my parents were like, I don't know, what's the point of that? Like, you don't need that. And then finally they're like, okay, but you have to give us your password. And at first I was like, why? Like, you don't trust me? And but they sat down and said, no, it's about safety, and we could care less what you're saying to your friends. It would probably, you know, like not interest us very much. But if something happened to you or just to make sure you're okay and there's no strangers talking to you, like we want to be able to see it. And yeah. at the time I may have been like, this is lame, you know, but um, I, I was like, well, I'd rather do that than not use it at all. And once that president was set early on, that never really bothered me um, growing up because it was just something that we'd always done. And it's not like my mom was like, well, why did you say this to your friend, you know, and who knows how much of it she really read, but she let me have what felt like my privacy, I guess, at that age, but also was definitely like monitoring to make sure everything was safe. And that's so important. And it's amazing the amount of girls that tell me, well, my mom said I can't use it, so I use it on my friend's phone or on my friend's yeah, iPad. Yeah, they I'm get like, it oh anyway. Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> there's there's access everywhere. You just go to a different house or the library or yep. whatever. Um, and what I what I also th- think was so important about that, too, is in case they were being bullied. You have no idea. What, Very true. You know, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was my biggest worry. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen if, you know, you're – it's open season out there on the internet and you have no idea if somebody likes your kid or doesn't like your kid. And I'm like, Oh no. So we all sort of learn together and I'm really proud of them for having such nice online behavior. Um, now it's all, it's all positive. No one says any, you know, they, they've just always been very best ever you like in their approach to social media. So I'm kind of proud that there's four boys out there in the universe who, you know, are, are kind, (laughs) 
know. Yes, we need more of that. (laughs) But um, so I was, uh, talk about parents. How can they, how can they bridge that, like, learning gap, you know, short of, like, you know what I've done, Lauren? Like, I was sitting there at Wendy's with the two boys. They were home from college. Like, Mom, you need Mm -hmm. Snapchat. Like, no, I really don't know. Like, but, Mom, that's where we are, and we want to be able to talk to you on Snapchat. And I'm like, I hate Snapchat, really. I don't need fuzzy whiskers and ears and glasses. (laughs) (laughs) i got enough problems as it is. And they bring me on Snapchat, and we've had the most fun on Snapchat ever. Um, I try and make myself as ugly as possible on that thing and joke around and do goofy things to, you know, make them laugh. And that's one way we bridge that social media gap is just by being, you know, open to being goofy. What do you think about that? Is it just silly? No, I think that is honestly the best way of doing it because it shouldn't – I think a lot of times parents get scared especially like really great parents that of course care a lot about their kids and, and they come at it from more of a, I guess, authoritarian approach of like, okay, well you can have it, but these are the rules and blah, blah, blah. But um, I think if, yeah, you like participate and you ask them like, what does that look like? I want to see it. And I mean, you know, from raising kids, kids just want to tell you and show you everything. And so I yeah. think if you're open to that and want to see it and are, even if you're not that excited about it, you know, like, you're excited about it, and um, you keep that. I think it's just important from the beginning to open that door of conversation because then if, you know, let's say YouTube, because I know a lot of girls I talk to are on YouTube of all ages. Let's say someone bullies them on YouTube, and you you have already had big conversations with her about it, and she's shown you her favorite YouTubers, and, you know, you're like the YouTube expert as far as she's concerned. She's probably a lot more likely to tell you someone's bullying her on there than if you just said, okay, well, you can have one, but these are the rules, and it was never discussed again. So I think that having that conversation open is so important, and it's really sad how many girls do not have that open with their parents, and especially in Girl Talk 2, which is designed more for middle school girls, some of them don't even know how that there are privacy settings or that, um, you know, not to share their location on Instagram because then when you click on it, it shows a map of where you are. So it's like they don't recognize these things and no one has ever told them that. And um, so I think having that communication open from the beginning is really key. Yeah, I think I think parents are sort of dead in the water with their kids when if they say, mm-hmm. like, I don't know YouTube and I'm not going to bother with it. You know what I mean? If you blow it off and just just totally just glaze over it, you're missing a moment these days with your kid. It's similar to sitting down in the 19-whatevers and watching a TV show. It's, that's a very good point, yeah. I, I mean, it pretty much is the same concept. And whether it's like, you know, whether you like that or not or want to accept it, it is yes. the culture that kids are living in. So I think instead of – and that was kind of my idea behind Girl Talk to you was, okay, like we mentioned before, they're going to find a way to be on these apps to – do these things like they're going to figure it out even if you forbid them so instead of doing that let's teach them how to use it in a safe way um in a smart way in a kind way and then there won't be hopefully these long-term negative consequences and we can kind of have some control over it and make sure that it's not affecting their self-esteem in this huge negative way that it often can if you're not careful 
And, and you're saying also, too, that it comes at around age nine where you get this real disconnect because we're born into this, like, digital world, and there's, like, this loss of what you call girl power at around age nine. I'm wondering what what you feel is, like, happening there and, like, how um, how people can maintain, like, what you say about self-worth and self-confidence and self-love and all those things in the face of all of it. So I think a big thing that happens with girls is that, and boys, you know, whenever you're really little, like, you don't care what other people think about you. You know, like, four-year-olds are not worried. They'll have dirt on their face, and their hair is all messed up, and they're running around. And it's usually mom that's like, come here, I have to fix your hair, you know. Um, but I, I've noticed that it's around age nine, and sometimes a lot younger for certain girls, that they lose that carefree, I'm just having fun, and genuinely loving themselves, that they start to lose that, and it's happening so young. Um, and I think that parents often don't think to have these conversations with their really, really young children because they're like, she's six or she's seven. Why would we talk about that? And they, and I have a lot of people say to me, well, I don't even want to put it in her head. You know, she hasn't thought about that yet, so let's not talk about it. But realistically, she's heard it somewhere. And it's go- if she hasn't thought it yet, she's going to because kids are being exposed to things at such a young age. And I think if the first person she hears the word insecurity from is her mom and it's presented in the context of like this is when I felt insecure and sometimes you might feel insecure about this and this is how to handle that feeling and these are things to always remember about yourself that's a much better way of being introduced to the idea of maybe disliking things about yourself than her just you know hitting that age where someone's mean to her and she thinks well I'm not as pretty as her Um, so I do think those conversations need to be had um, and it does depend on the kid, of course, like everyone is different, but I would say the sooner the better with that. So they can be like, and that's my mindset with girl talk too, is that, um, or the girl talk curriculum in general is that let's give them the tools early so that when they're faced with these problems, they already know how to handle it. So it's a matter of being proactive instead of waiting until something happens and then talking with her about these issues, if that makes sense. Can, it, it certainly does make sense, and I think you make some really great points. And the whole time you were talking about that, for some reason, my mind went shifted into the weight category. And mm-hmm. all I can think about about self-confidence and self-worth and all of that stuff is this amazing pressure. I don't know if it still exists. I might be talking, you know, from an older point of view, but it was such <laughs> a big pressure to be thin. And I mean... I, I don't know what words are, you know, considered okay now, but skinny, thin, you know. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, so much pressure to stay thin. Does that still exist? And how are we talking about that these days? That pressure is huge. And um, huh. it's one of those things that girls don't often want to talk about because it's, again, the same thing. Like, well, if I bring that up, people are going to notice that I'm not a size double zero and they think that, you know, that's, the end of the world Um, but it's funny because uh, I have always been very naturally thin but I did not like that when I was growing up at all because I always felt like I looked like a boy (laughs) like my body type and I used to look at girls that were like curvier than me and think oh my gosh I wish I looked like her and they were looking at me like oh she's skinnier than me obsessed with these numbers of their size and so I really think that no matter what you look like, people probably want to look different. There's always something people want to change about themselves when it comes to that. And uh, that's a topic that comes up quite a bit with girls. And sometimes 
they don't even realize it, but often that is the root of their insecurity. Because if you're not comfortable in your body, then you're going to notice other flaws about you, whether it's your face or your hair or whatever it might be. I think you just feel blah in general. So the way I've always approached body issues through Girls Above Society is not to talk about, I don't even mention like skinny or sizes or anything. I always talk about your body in terms of what your body was designed for. So I always say, um, you know, like I love my legs because they help me run really fast. And I love my arms because they help me like carry things or pick up my little sibling. And so I, I encourage the girls to think of things they love about their body that are not what it looks like, but what it can do for them. And when you start thinking about it like that, then you realize that, okay, me being a double zero doesn't matter because that doesn't change the fact that like, this is what I, I do with my body, like my legs and my arms and whatever, um, that carry me through my day and help me do the things that I love. I mean, there are so many people out there that are disabled that don't have that ability. And so I think it's kind of hard to have this mindset sometimes, but I try to remind myself how lucky I am that I'm even able to walk around and run around, whether I like <laughs> the way I look yeah. or not. You know, there's a yeah. lot of things to be thankful for there. Yeah, and as you get older, you know, like I've said to myself before, you know, I love this body. I have four kids, <laughs> you know. I've had four kids. Right. Body, darn it, you know. <laughs> you know, as yes. you get a little bit down on yourself, you're like, oh, man. And then you think, wait a minute here. Let me get some perspective. And But, you know, it's 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 endless sort of, and I think you make a very, very good point. Um, because, you know, I started as I'm aging, I'm like, you know, Less attention to the outside and more attention to the inside is the heart functioning right, is the, you know, all the things you can't right. see are what break. That's when you get true. older. Yeah, you know, it's everything you can't yeah. see. It's like, oh, no. So, yeah, just the, I like I like the kind of you and healthy, like the healthier you, the healthier you can be and treating your body like, you know, because you get one of them and that's what you get. And so exactly. I'm, yeah, hugely into that, but I, there's a period of time there where there's just tremendous, I'm not sure it ever goes away, um, but there's tremendous pressures all over the place um, on body, and I love what you just said about um, body image. So, you know, and that's probably <clears throat> cranks up a notch in social media, don't you think? Like if you get on Instagram and you're having a, you know, a, a heavier feeling day and somebody's doing a funky yoga pose, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> I know I do <laughs> like, that. I'd be in the hospital if like, I tried oh. to do that. What you said. Yeah, and I, I do that all the time, too. But what's interesting and what a lot of girls don't realize, and I didn't even realize it until the past year or so, is that a lot of these even celebrities are, like, photoshopping pictures and doing photo shoots just to post on Instagram. That's so I always remind girls of that, too, that even not even, – it doesn't even have to be, like, a Kardashian. Even, you know, like, these Instagram models who have – 100,000 followers and just only post pictures of themselves, like those types of things, they're basically spending all day, like doing hours on their hair and makeup and doing a full-on photo shoot with lights and then photoshopping that picture and then posting it. So to expect yourself to look like that, just candidly, she doesn't look like that candidly. And I think, um, you know, the point of social media when I first started was to keep in touch with your friends and share memories of your life. And I think it's pretty sad that now it's about like how many likes can I get on my picture that isn't even authentically me. 
Um, but I have to give myself that reminder too. Sometimes I see pictures, I'm like, wow, I would do anything to look like that. Um, but then I remind myself, okay, I really don't think that she just like didn't even know someone was taking a photo. You know, clearly this is contrived and um, not necessarily what our focus should be. I'm I'm laughing at that because I had a moment like that a couple of weeks ago. I'm sitting there going, you know, I I did. I'm like, you know, I I I had three pictures where I posted my frizzy hair because it's super super curly <laughs> if I don't straighten it. You know, it's like three pictures yeah. in a row of like this is me. You know, <laughs> kind of thing. Right. And then I I got done. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have posted that. I'm like, oh, I don't care. You know, I've done Instagram just for the kids anyway. You know, the it's just a, kind of a fun Instagram to keep in touch with the you know kids at college and whatever. And um, then I went to somebody else's Instagram, and I'm like, it was all like, you know, there's there's a set in the background, it's dresses, it's yes. makeup, it's hair extensions, it's heels, everything. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And and but then I'm like, the whole Instagram's this way, and I'm like, how? Like all I could think of was, who has who is taking all all of these pictures of you? Um, and then yeah, I'm like, I, I looked at my showed it to my husband, and I'm like, honey. Guess what your job is from now on to photograph me all day. Like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> you know. But I'm thinking of that in real terms. You know, it's like because they aren't selfies. It's it's some of them might be or whatever, right. but it's like somebody actually with a camera taking endless pictures of people. I'm like, they must have a really good best friend. <laughs> I know, and I I sometimes think like, that too with these pictures. I'm like, who is taking these? Like, if I asked my yeah. friend today, I mean, my friends love me, but if I said, can you take 400 pictures of me from different angles? They'd be like, You're every insane. day, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and every day, you know, like every day a different one. I don't know, it just right. fascinates me sometimes. So I I think I think your points are so valid that you know to keep it real. And that's really the key, but, and uh, I I often tell girls too that. I ask yourself before you click post on anything, who am I posting this for? So if you're like, well, I just love this picture of me and I want to remember it, then cool, post it. But if it's like, well, I want to make this boy jealous or I want to make this girl mad or I want to subtweet or sub post to make sure this girl recognizes she wasn't invited, then that's when it becomes toxic. So I think if you ask yourself that question before you hit post, then that can save people a lot of heartache too. Yeah, because if you know if you're if you're toxic like that, it 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 can affect your health even long term too. So you know it's like that's that's a, a toxic is a great word. Um, okay, so I could keep you on the phone for hours and hours. Cause I love talking <laughs> to you. I've forgotten how much I just absolutely love talking to you. Um, uh-huh. and, and, and I love all your insights and and all that you do. I'm just always so proud of you. Um, thank you but so I much. To, yeah. Oh no, thank you. Thanks goes to you. Um, I do not know how to pronounce the name of this company, and you are on the advisory board of this really cool company, um, and Dana is a CEO, and she's a, a parent, a mom, who has created this, like, snack thing with a powerful message and all this cool stuff. I was I glanced at it today um, and wanted to talk about it. Do you want, Can you pronounce that? The name of yes, it? Yes, so it's pronounced Juz. Or Juz. Juz, Juz, okay. Juz. Yes, it's an interesting name. Um, but the story behind it is that her, Dana, the um, CEO of the company, I think it was her grandfather, um, hopefully oh, I'm correct, yes. my uncle, grandfather, something like that, um, would tell her, you've got Juz. And it meant, like, you've got 
you know, strength, oh. and you've kind of got that okay. extra edge, the oomph inside of you. And Let so um, that word always meant something to her. Okay, so it's yeah. J-O-U-Z-G-E. J-O-U-Z-G-E. That is, so Juz? Man, I got that so wrong. Juz, yeah. Or Juz. <laughs> No, no, okay, I still can't say it right. <laughs> I know, it's trying to, it honestly took me a while. They'd be like, what, what are you on the advisory board for? I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. Um, How to say that. Okay, well, we'll I'm going to have her on, and she can say it right t- ten times, and we'll all go. practice together. How's that sound? All right. Yeah, we may have to need, like, lessons on pronunciation. <laughs> just for the purpose of this, because I'm probably going to edit all that back out. <laughs> say it one more time. <laughs> um, it's pronounced judge. Does okay, and Dana yeah. Went is the CEO, and it's a powerhouse. She's a powerhouse. The company's a powerhouse, and she's a parent who's created this healthy snack for girls. Um, what what's it all about again? Like the the powerful message behind it. So she is a mom of uh, teen girls, and she just you know like any other mom was grocery shopping and wanted to find some like healthy snacks for her daughters to take in their lunch, whether it's her breakfast or just a little snack at lunch. And she was noticing that everything that was healthy had words on it like slim fast and something about being thin, and it all was negative energy. Like nothing just said being healthy. It all said something about like how many calories in big writing and just these these messages she really did not want to send her young daughters. And so she got to thinking, and you know, I wish there was a snack that was, delicious and tasted good but was healthy but had like a very positive message and um I guess one of the reasons I connect with her so much is because she's kind of like me and was like it doesn't exist so I'm going to create it and that's where uh Zhuzh came in and so I just love the fact that she is focusing in on the marketing of the food and also the bars are so delicious and I'm really not just saying that she sent me a whole box and I ate them in an embarrassingly fast amount of time. Like, I'm not sure they're healthy <laughs> if you eat funny. six in a row, but they're really good. Um, and the packaging is, it's cute. Like, girls will notice it, but it also says things on it, such as be confident and be strong Got and it. love yourself and have a zhuzh. And so it's just a little, it's a positive pick-me-up in the middle of your day instead of slim fast, lose weight now, and these messages that, Right. Even if you don't think you're reading it and you're really not focusing on it, it's still in front of you and it's still getting in there somehow. Yeah, I think that's that's fabulous. Yeah, I I um as opposed to like candy bars lately have really negative words on them and things like that. I'm like, oh, I don't want to buy that <laughs> kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah. Candy bars out there with some really like crabby, and you know, I'm like, no, I'm not buying that. If I'm happy, I, know, I that's would. So true. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's really cool that that's there. So I'm going to edit that a little bit, and I'll probably edit my saying I'm going to edit that too, and we'll we'll clear this <laughs> up a little bit here. I never edit my shows, but this one clearly needs it anyway, so it's all good. Um, yeah, no the, the whole beginning of the show. Um, okay, so before we go, um, you have um, – well, you always have girl power, but you've got some more girl power here with a recent campaign with Alba Botanica. Um, yes. Want to tell us about that? Because that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So Alba is a um, it's a line of products for girls and women, and they have 
everything. They have lotion, shampoo, conditioner, and all of their stuff is vegan and all natural and it all smells amazing. And uh, I'm a, I was a big fan of their products regardless, in particular their sheet masks. So I always thought people looked really weird with sheet masks on, and I had never done one until my friend had an Alba one and said, trust me, these things are amazing. And my skin was literally glowing, and then I became obsessed with them. And used them all. <laughs> so it was um, really awesome that Alba reached out to me because they have a campaign called um, Do Good, Do Beautiful. And so what the message is behind it is it's everyday women doing beautiful things. And so they picked five of us who are women throughout the U.S., who some of us have nonprofits, some just um, do really amazing things for their community and give back. And we're all very different. We all look different. We're all in totally different areas. I know one girl is an urban farmer. One girl swims with sharks and the shark conservation. I mean, we're all so different, <laughs> but um, also all, uh, you know, are women that you may not hear about on, you know, the five o'clock news or whatever that people that, um, you may not discover otherwise that are doing cool things. So it's been a huge honor to work with them. And uh, I did a a girl power camp in California with a Seroptimist, which is an um, amazing organization. So if you haven't heard of it, you should definitely check it out. Um, but they flew out, like they're all female film crew, to film the event. And um, they were so amazing. And they got some of the most beautiful footage and pictures I have ever seen of uh our girl power camp and they put it together as one of their little uh one of their ad spots that they used to advertise on youtube um so it incorporated the girls like trying on the sheet masks and their message is that their products aren't designed to make you look like someone they're not they're designed to make you feel beautiful and be healthy and i love the message behind that and so i was also able to be a judge um for uh they gave away grant money to other women you know they they were like we want to include every amazing woman in the u.s that's doing really great things but you know they couldn't and so what they were able to do is uh have a little contest where women submitted their stories of their organizations or their businesses and how it helps how they're helping other women in their community as well so i got to be on the panel for that and we picked some really incredible women so we have an event actually in the next few weeks in New York so we'll be flying all of those women up there and giving them you know their giant checks and recognizing them at a really cool event so that's been a really awesome experience to partner with them and um, you would think that like products like that wouldn't necessarily align with what I'm doing because it seems kind of out there but really their message is exactly the message I'm trying to send to you so it just worked out really well that's perfect yeah oh, I'm so excited for you know that's just that's amazing in every way. So yay, yay you. As I always say. <laughs> yes. Um, do you have a little bit more time, or do you have to go? I have a little I more wanna, time. Okay. Let's. I really want to end on. Um, I didn't want to end on that. I wanted to end on your books, and I wanted to t- just kind of talk about your books for a minute. But I also wanted to mention to everybody um, listening that um, Lauren's been featured on media outlets like Fox News, Teen Vogue, BuzzFeed, Girl Scouts, and Women You Should Know. And um, also she writes, and her work has appeared in publications. 
been a best ever you before. I still have to copy all the information over to the new website, though. She's, uh, her information's <laughs> on the older website. Um, but you've been in the Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, Cosmo, Women's Health, CNN, Dove, BuzzFeed, you know, all this sort of stuff. And um, you received a Spirit Award um, from the Susan L. Curtis Foundation. Do you want to tell us about that? Because that that's pretty powerful. So the Susan L. Curtis Foundation is a um, foundation that sponsors a summer camp in Maine. And I lived in Maine for a a good chunk of my childhood, and that is actually where I experienced a lot of the bullying that I did. Uh, But while I was there, I I did meet a lot of amazing people, although I did have a couple of negative experiences. Um, And I made a connection with the Susan Curtis camp there. And it's actually a camp designed for um, underprivileged children, so who wouldn't be able to afford summer camp otherwise. And in the, in the years I, I spent up there, summer camp is a big deal. Like when it gets close to summer, it's not are you going to summer camp, it's where are you going to camp. So mm-hmm. for the kids who can't afford it or are not going, it can often make you feel really left out and be kind of embarrassed. So they've created this, and honestly, it's an amazing camp. Like I would pay money to go there because it's so beautiful and it's so fun. And so I had the opportunity, um, excuse me, um, a few summers in a row, I uh, went up there with the girls and did girl talks with them. And so oftentimes it was the same girls year to year. And one of my favorite memories from Girls Above Society at all is actually from Camp Susan Curtis, because I, it was my second year there. So I hadn't seen these girls in a year. And they only spent one day with me because there's so many kids there. So I'm there for, you know, four or five days. But in order for me to talk to all the girls, I see a different group every day. Um, So they only spent one day with me. And, of course, I give them the little wristbands and stickers. And I remember the first session of my second year, the girls came in, and the majority of them were wearing their wristband I gave them a year ago, and they still had the stickers on their water bottle. And that was kind of the moment where I thought to myself, maybe I really have something here because I can't keep track of her year. So if they kept track of a bracelet, that means it's important to them. And they walked in, they were like, girl power, I still have my bracelet. And and that was really touching for me and a really cool moment. And so um, they were kind enough to honor me with what they call, you know, the spirit award for um, the effect I, that I had on the girls and spending the time with them and the boys, uh, wanted to do girl power too at camp and they would try to sneak into the room which I thought was awesome that they weren't like ew girls they'd be like what are you doing girl power I want to be in girl power (laughs) so it was really cool are you noticing that um younger people aren't going to put up with um the bullying and the non-acceptance and so forth are you are you noticing it like I'm noticing it like I'm really just noticing a shift of (laughs) younger people saying no no more this isn't going to be the way we're going to do things do you are you seeing that out there i am i i feel like i think that things in society go in cycles i guess you could say um and so i think that we had a a surge for several years there where um it was becoming the cool thing to be the mean girl and I think now it's becoming the cool thing to stand up and say, no, nope, I'm not going to listen to you. But um, yeah. I hope that cycle lasts longer than the other. And I think it is slowly uprising, but it's really important. Um, and when I see it, you know, um, 
rising, I try to find examples that the girls will relate to to be like, this is the girl power I'm talking about, to like show them that other people are doing this and you can too, to really encourage that and maintain it for as long as possible um, and make that the cool thing. Because I feel like it just depends what's in right now. So if we can make being your own self and not letting other people like dim your sparkle, as I like to say, then let's keep that cool as long as we can. Yeah. Well, your work um, in 2017 and 18 with Lady Gaga's Born This Way Foundation um, is pretty powerful too. You were a Channel Kindness reporter, and you gave that gave you kind of a a pretty big platform, I'd say, to promote kindness um, to youth. And um, didn't you? Weren't you featured speaking um, in connection with like Samsung in New York City and all sorts of stuff? I mean, that had to be pretty at a pretty amazing experience. It was an incredible experience. Um, I love the concept behind Channel Kindness, and the idea is essentially that our news, especially today, is uh, extremely polarizing and negative. And sometimes we want to we want to know what's going on in the world, but we want to hear something uplifting because there are so many examples of kindness happening all around us, but we're just clouded and we don't see it as much as we should. So I jumped at the opportunity to. Uh, to report on that and, and highlight some different people and some organizations that are doing really incredible things. And um, getting to go to the Samsung headquarters to talk about channel kindness was awesome. And Lady Gaga's mom is like my favorite person in the world. She's so cool and so down to earth. Um, yeah. So working with her was really amazing as well. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end on your books. Um, I My count is three books. There may be more. Um, but I've got three, Steps to Success, an Empowerment Guide, Kissing Frogs in Search of Prince Charming, and then Penelope Pint and, and the Magic of Girl Power. Three? Yes, three. <laughs> okay. And um, they can all be found on Amazon. Do you want to pick – well, that's going to be – that's hard to ask an author to pick their favorite, but pick one. <laughs> that you want to talk about and because um, we probably don't have time for all three, but um, I will make sure they are with the show and the links are with the show too so people can um, connect to them. But uh, pick one. Well, I guess I'll it. pick Penelope Pint because that's my latest book. It is um, geared for young girls, so it's a picture book. And um, it is all about Penelope, who is a young girl, and she's not – you know, considered one of the super popular girls. She's a little nerdy and she's a little different. And um, she discovers that she has the magic of girl power, which is essentially this uncanny ability to be able to help others. And there's a little bit of like sparkle that goes along with it. And what I would like to do is uh, make that a series. So where every book, the first book is about her discovering her, her the magic of her girl power. And then I would like every book to be, Penelope um, meeting someone who's going through a rough time or maybe Penelope's going through a rough time herself and then using that magic she has to um, help the girls. But the secret all along is that um, everyone has that magic. You just have to have the confidence to use it. So that's something that I'm really excited about and I love the way that it turned out. And um, yeah, so I can't wait to see what happens with Penelope because I don't even know yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right, you. Um, thank you for being with me tonight. I appreciate you taking the time and the 
incredible patience with our technical um, glitch at the beginning of the show. We'll get the, the show all cleaned up and, and ready to go out into the world, and I'll let you know when that is. But um, I just want to thank you for being on the air with us. Um, and there were a lot of people listening. So thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us for the, the time shift. Um, and everybody, Lauren Galley, everybody, at um, girlsabovesociety.org. Lauren, thank you very much for being here tonight. Appreciate you and all of your wisdom and uh, continued success, and we're just going to keep keeping tabs on you. <laughs> thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night, and um, we will talk to you again soon. I don't have my calendar in front of me. (laughs) More glitches. All right. Lots of love, everybody. Thank you. And again, Lauren Galley, uh, she's 23. She's an award-winning teen mentor, TEDx speaker, Amazon best-selling author of three books that we just talked about. Um, And she's the president of Girls Above Society, which is, again, at girlsabovesociety.org. Lauren's been featured on many media outlets, such as Fox News, Teen Vogue, BuzzFeed, Girl Scouts. She's been here at the Best Ever You Network, Women You Should Know, Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, Cosmo. I could go on and on and on. She's awesome. I hope you'll follow her in social media. Um, she's Lauren M. Galley on Twitter. I'll put her links up to social media also. And um, one thing that I really love about Lauren is, is she's real and reachable. Be mindful, though, that she's pursuing her master's degree right now in clinical in clinical psychology, um, and so she's busy too. But um, lot, so much information out there to help young women and men really be their best. I know her focus is mostly women, but um, and and girls, teens, tweens, and so forth. But I have a sneaking suspicion there were a lot of people listening tonight, and she'll uh, help everybody, um, and and so forth. So thank you everybody for listening. Have a great night. Thank you again to Lauren for being with us. And take care, everybody. Have a have a best ever you night, I guess. We don't usually do shows at night. So take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.